What do you do when you feel grief? This episode is about meeting and honoring your grief. The Embody Podcast accompanies you on your journey of remembering and embodying your true nature, integration and alignment with your vibrational clarity, self-love, and living a life of beauty and wholeness. It's a menu of transformative healing tools, experientials, meditations, and practices from a blend of family constellations, somatic therapies, and holistic and spiritual practices sprinkled with vulnerable conversations with people who have the courage to be themselves, Alive Now episodes with updates on my personal process, and reverie episodes that are spiritual succulents that honor, reveal, hug, shake, or stir you into love. I'm your host, Candice Wu, integrative and intuitive healing facilitator and artist. Hey, welcome back to the Embody Podcast. It's really great to have you here. When I start doing a podcast, I do this um, environmental scan of what sounds are going on. I turn down the temperature. I make sure that um, the dehumidifier is off or that door is closed where um, it's located. And today, this morning, I was like, birds are chirping. Here in Michigan, it's there's snow on the ground. It's cold. Yeah, there are birds here. But they're not always chirping, and so it was just lovely to hear them chirp. You might hear that through this podcast here today. So this episode is on the topic of grief, and I somehow feel like I have had so much grief in my life, and I'm going to talk a little bit about why that is the case. But for for other people around me, Lately, people have been asking me how to deal with their grief, and it's something that is always present. Grief is always present when I'm working with my clients. We may move in and out of grief or different feelings of loss or sadness that connect with grief. And it's an essential emotional capacity we have. People deal with grief all sorts of ways, and some ways are coping, some ways are just trying to get through life and survive because it's overwhelming. And sometimes we have that wonderful capacity to go into the grief or experience it. Be careful about being hard on yourself if you are, quote unquote, avoiding your grief or avoiding your emotions because I would consider it from a more trauma-sensitive lens that your nervous system knows its own threshold on when to turn the switch into overwhelm mode in which you may look like you're avoiding your emotions and it is serving that function of not going there But it is your body saying, I'm overwhelmed and we're in survival mode. We are going to go a bit numb. This is the space of tonic immobility, what people call frozen. There's a whole episode on that at my website, CandiceWu.com slash overwhelm with 12 tips on how to come out of overwhelm and bring your body into safety so that you can start to digest what brought you into that overwhelm state to begin with. And when you come out of overwhelm, you will, your body will go into those emotions at some point of what, what was there before overwhelm kicked in. It's like water turning into an ice cube. It's in an ice cube state for a while, but when you, let it out to thaw, it will turn back into water. So it will return to the state at which it was. So be gentle. We go into overwhelm so easily. We have layers upon layers of grief, since we're just talking about grief, but all sorts of emotions that can stir into the pot and create overwhelm that are from 
what we have connected with or inherited through our lineage, our ancestry, through intergenerational losses, grief and trauma and hardship, whatever was unintegrated, what undigested can make its way down the line or can bond with someone that is a descendant of the ancestry, someone that is alive today. Maybe you. And it's not to bring doom or anything, but to say that there's a whole context for which you have some baseline levels of grief and emotion. And then you add in a broader perspective of past lives or other dimensional experiences, whether that's the past or in some sort of parallel universe, I relate to past lives and am open to other experiences that may be happening simultaneously or in some other dimension. But for me and for many people, connecting with past lives has made so much sense as to why you come into this life with certain beliefs and certain emotions that are again, unmetabolized from other experiences that were likely devastating or difficult or unbearable that are still living in the cells of our body, in our energy, in our energy first and foremost, and then in our physical body to be seen, to be digested, to be integrated so that we are back to the oneness, the source energy, the divine energy that makes every creation and that is clear of any wounding and it's a whole. So you've got your lineage, you've got past life, you've got other dimensional experiences perhaps, whether or not you believe in this, there is a context for which your um, being came to fruition and what it holds as you're in this form. And then you've got your early childhood experiences plus prenatal experiences that are incredibly imprinting into our psyche because we're in a really vulnerable, open state. And a lot of what we came in with can be compounded or exacerbated in those early times where we really need a parent, a guardian, a competent and attuned, loving, compassionate adult to hold us through what we experience so that our nervous system can build. And if we have gaps in that, then we meet our everyday life with those gaps that make us feel like we have less capacity to navigate life. It can feel really hard to navigate life and exhausting and the part of the overwhelm connects with exhaustion or creates exhaustion. There's so much of our inner being, our um, inner dynamics tied up in holding some emotions down and holding some at bay and avoiding this and not feeling that and trying to feel this and then all the while trying to do our daily life, whatever that is, which is already enough. So uh, before we jump in even farther, I want to just take a pause here and make an announcement that um, way in the beginning of the Embody podcast, I had a lovely guest, Sarah Buino, who is the host of Conversations with a Wounded Healer. I was also on her web on her podcast. She's a friend and colleague of mine in Chicago and a fellow therapist who created Head and Heart Therapy. And she has this wonderful program coming up in March 2021 that I want to announce. Her program is Head Heart Conversations, and it's a webinar series for psychotherapists that is designed to invite your inner healer to the forefront of your life. And it's a four-part series that will help participants learn about themselves as well as enhance their clinical skills 
And the first webinar on March 5th, led by Sarah Buino, is called Conversations with a Wounded Healer. That's the signature to her podcast name. It's a call to action encouraging therapists to step into their own healing with courage. And as a special thank you to all of you out there that are listening, you can get $10 off your order by using the code EMBODY when you register. EMBODY in all caps. So for more information and to register, you can visit www.tinyurl.com slash hhconvos. You'll find all that in my show notes linked on my website connected with this podcast at candiscu.com slash grief. Sarah is just vibrant being and has so much to offer. When she was on the Embody podcast, we talked about bringing out your inner unicorn and um, just being bold like you are and authentic, as well as uh, releasing shame and how to look at the topic of shame so this looks really beautiful and um, you can check out if you want just a little flavor of Sarah, you can check out the podcast that she was on here with me, CandiceWho.com slash Sarah Buino, Sarah with an H and Buino is B-U-I-N-O. Or you can check out her podcast, Conversations with a Wounded Healer on all platforms. And um, if you want to see the listen to the podcast where I was on, you can find it at CandiceWho.com slash conversations with a wounded healer. So be sure to check that out. And uh, it's just lovely for the topic we have today too, healing grief. If you've missed that series, because you're listening to this later, you can still check out Sarah's website and see if she's running it again. I'm sure that there will be something coming up if not this. All right, so back to grief. <laughs> the topic we've all been waiting for. <laughs> the topic we all want to get to, right? Um, and actually, when I feel my own grief, I feel so, in a way, pleased because relieved maybe is a better word because I feel in connection with myself. I don't want to feel grief all the time. And I think that there's a time where it's really healthy to switch into, to shift into energy that you want to feel, feelings and pleasure that you want to feel so that it can support you in being in those vibrations as well as uh, gives way for the grief or whatever feelings to move on their own so without focusing on them directly. We'll talk more about that piece in just a bit, but uh, why are we feeling grief? A lot of people wonder why do we even have to feel it? What is its purpose? And can we just not? I think that grief is extremely important. It, it tells us that there was meaning here. It tells us that there was a bond, that degree to which we feel the grief or that it's there is proportionate to the love that's there or the longing or the desire, the bond, the connection that we had to something or someone. And of course, it's different in all cases, but it shows us where our heart is or was. For many people, 2020 has brought a lot of grief. There has been an ending of certain ways of being, maybe a dismantling or breaking down of certain structures that uh, you once lived in, good and bad, ones that you liked and ones that you didn't, things that you may have felt have been losses that have changed, people perhaps that you've lost, or things in politics that have hurt and of course 2020 has also brought for many space space to heal breathing room things slowing down so that they can feel their own being and live in a way that feels much more aligned in the rhythm of who they are and when we do either one when we're touching into either one those positive changes or 
the things that feel hard to take, there can be grief there. There's losing people to death or end of relationships, separation, distance, as we've all been or many have been quarantining or shelter in place on and off and maybe still now. And then you might have also grief due to past experiences that you're working on integrating or healing or that are just getting triggered. You know, when you have an experience that in the now you think, oh, what made me get so upset? What made me feel so much? And you can trace it back to something that happened in your young life or something that happened before that it reminds you of that was very painful. And it's getting lit up in the experience now. Or maybe you are facing your fears head on, your emotions and your healing, your inner world head on, and you're bringing these, these experiences forward to integrate them. And that kind of grief that's coming up then is the healing, if it's there. We may also have had expectations of life, whether past life or maybe in our uh, family lineage, there were expectations of the family or the culture that didn't happen. And there are disappointments and loss through that that may come up at random times and peek its head out to show us that it's there. I know that I had a recent relationship that I went on three dates with them and by the third date I had somehow built up in my mind a story of what this could be a fantasy and when this person told me that they were not looking for something serious it was I felt a lot of grief and it was really beautiful I actually let myself feel it but I knew that Okay, three dates didn't really um, make sense for me in the, this present reality as to the grief, the amount I felt. But I could feel what it was touching in me as a young being, as a young person wishing for something to go well with my father, with my mother even. And then to be, to get that glimmer that it could be there. And the grief that came, well, I would say didn't really come, but was there in me because I had to numb that. I, I was just overwhelmed. I couldn't deal with my grief when I was younger. And so the grief that was living in me for years because of certain misattunements when I was younger, things I wished for when I was a baby, a toddler, five, six, all the way through my 20s. But that I didn't know about when I was young. I wasn't, for me, I wasn't aware. Some people are. I wasn't aware of what I was missing out on and had to repress that too, my own desires. So feeling my grief actually is very powerful for me to connect with my desires, what I previously desired and what lives at the core or the connection with the core of my desire, which is my spirit and my heart. And so when we're blocked off from repressed grief or emotions from before, wherever that was before, lineage, past life, childhood, etc., a collective grief, we're blocked off from a very essential beautiful, alive part of us that wants to show us who we are today and what we desire and love today. So grief connects us back with all that. Grief is a place to deeply meet yourself and honor yourself. So there's no fixing it. There's no trying to change it. Though you can do that, it will just sidetrack you, detour you, and come back or stay there. 
So it's a chance to hold yourself in the trenches, to hold yourself in the underworld, in the world of your desires and who you are. So there are some myths about grief that I've heard, at least that I believe are myths. And one is that grief never ends. And it's often told to people who have lost a loved one, a very close loved one or some, someone who's really impla- impactful, maybe even an animal. And people say grief never ends. And it is a way to normalize the fact that it does seem like grief comes in waves. We naturally pendulate from going into tough feelings to coming out so that we can handle that bite. It's like taking a bite of your meal instead of swallowing the whole meal. And our nervous system knows how to naturally do that, like waves coming in and out of shore. And so when the wave comes in, we can feel another wave. It could be a tidal wave. It could be a small splash of grief, of that loss that we have been looking at before. And it is helpful to just say, yes, for as long as it needs to come, it will come. And maybe it's another piece and it's another chance to love. But I do believe that at some point, the thick of it ends. Maybe all of it ends at some point for that particular thing you're grieving. And for me, I have seen that happen with people that are extremely important to me, that the grief ends, as well as things that I've grieved about my past or things that I desired. I have found a conclusion to that grief, like some feeling of it's over now. And then I've been fooled and it comes back. There, there's another wave. And I, I think, okay, there's more. But there is a feeling of completion somewhere and then it feels like it gets subtler and subtler. Meaning um, it's maybe tinier and tinier. Sometimes that tinier and tinier can be more and more potent. And sometimes it just feels like this little tap on the shoulder rather than a steak knife into your heart. So if you're feeling like this will never end and I just need to accept it, I say, and it brings you a hopeless feeling, I say, no, this can end. There are tools that you can use, ways to support your capacity and support integration that are extremely powerful. But can you also find a place where you can enjoy it, can enjoy the fact that you are loving yourself or can find pleasure even in the grief? It may be a long road to get there. You may never feel that way. You can hate it. Yeah. (laughs) And that's part of the experience too. The second myth I've heard is that time heals. And I hear it especially around grief, time heals. Time heals. When relationships end or when someone dies, people say time heals. And I don't believe that that's true. I think time is one of the factors, at least in this understood reality of time, that when time goes by, if your natural capacity is in place to allow integration and healing, like you're able to feel grief, you are able to feel an assortment of emotions that the grief might come with. Your capacity is there, your presence is there, you have the space that's enough. Then I think just it's a matter of time, yes, before things shift because a lot is happening in that amount of time. But I don't think time is the factor. Throw time on things and you can end up still 10 lives from now. (laughs) I'm exaggerating. Okay, three lives from now 
three generations down. And you can be feeling or still holding the energy and the emotional experience in the body of that same emotion where years or centuries even went by. And I know this because there are emotions of grief that my ancestry, people in my ancestry, in at least two, three generations ago, that they, it's my sense they didn't get to feel. And through family constellations, we can see that more clearly when we have representatives or the sense into, the intuitive sense into the energy of certain people that came before us. So it doesn't even have to be constellations work. It could be energy work. So those emotions didn't get to be digested because of survival. My ancestry had to just move past the fact that their village was slaughtered in China by Japanese and rebuild their life. There was no time to to grieve and to look at this loss the way that there is now when I'm not in that kind of dire need to make something or create something so that I can just have something to eat for the next meal. So time isn't the factor that heals. But it can be a part of things, an accessory to the healing agents that are presence, capacity, the tools or the innate ability, tools plus innate ability to move through what's here, support, safety, and more. So I want to shift gears into the tools that you can use to move through your grief or to support you if they feel like they're what you need. And just leave the rest behind. And some of these tools can be used for other types of healing, not just grief or loss, but for anger, for regret, for things that come up related to whatever loss you're looking at. The thing about our nervous system is that it does feel overwhelmed when there when one feeling is paired with another feeling and another feeling and another feeling and some of which we are okay feeling and some of which we are not okay feeling for a million reasons. But mostly to protect ourselves, mostly because it feels like too much. Or too dangerous. And uh, with grief, so many different feelings can come up. I remember when my great-grandma died, she was the closest person to me that has died. I felt so much guilt. And it brought up all of my family system stuff and my attachment wounding. So much guilt that I didn't feel like I showed her I loved her as much as I should have. I should have done certain things for her or been with her more in a way that felt like I needed to be bigger than her. I needed to show her my love versus the other way around as a great-granddaughter receiving her presence and, of course, still reciprocating in some ways, but I felt it in a way that made me much bigger. Just like I felt that kind of responsibility for everyone, the world. (laughs) So you can see how this just triggered a whole trail of dynamics and emotions for me that were completely beyond my capacity to deal with. This was at the very beginning of my healing journey. And I didn't even know how to feel anger. I didn't even know how to feel guilt and what to do with it, much less even know that it was there. I just felt bad. I could just say I felt bad. 
So whatever you're going through and when you're going through grief, be on the lookout just in a gentle way, just being aware that there are other feelings that could be here and to be tender with yourself that there could be so much going on inside. And it's all part of this process to loving yourself. It starts here and now just to be with where you are. So here are a few ways that I found incredibly helpful to work with grief. And uh, the first way is just the most basic, although it may not be very easy, is to be with the grief. Just meet it. Say hello. Notice where you feel it in your body. Let your body innately touch yourself like sometimes we hold our heart or give yourself a self-hug to contain and support the body. This container, when we're reminded of the container, there's a little more safety usually, not always, for the emotions to digest. So just being with the emotions. There's this meme for therapists, don't just do something, sit there. And you don't necessarily just have to sit but it means be present with it and don't try to fix it. Let it be 100% just as it is. And if that's too much and you notice yourself getting distracted or feeling numb or uh, restless, follow the restlessness. Let that move you. Follow the movement. But if you're feeling the numbness, the nothingness, then it's an indicator that your body's overwhelmed and I would suggest to Try more, do more of the things that can bring your body into safety, which I mentioned the podcast earlier about overwhelm and polyvagal theory and 12 ways to come out of overwhelm. So I recommend that. But if you can be with it or one breath of it, do that. Two breaths of it, 10 breaths of it, but take breaks. So go in and then come out. Even if you feel like you can handle a lot, taking a break in somatic experiencing, it's called pendulation, is extremely helpful to just allow the integration to happen easier, to allow the feelings and the emotions and the energy to move through easier. Because it reminds our body that we're safe, it reminds us that we do have capacity to feel okay. So when you feel the grief, where is it in your body? Can you sense it? Not from a mental place, but from a felt sense. What does it look like and feel like? Does it have shape, color, texture? Does it move when you pay attention and track it? Or does it stay the same? Does it get bigger? Does it appear to you like a person or a figure or a young self? And you can take it to another level by connecting with it from the heart and asking it, what do you need? And we're talking about these like core, essential, basic needs to be held to be seen, to be loved, to rub my back, to scream, to wail. If you're feeling tears, let yourself feel the tears running down your face. Just that one tear or the few, is it wet, is it cold? Having deep presence with what's happening right now allows it so that you don't have to feel every drop of grief later if you can feel it right now a little bit and then come out. You can imagine for your grief whatever it needs or give it physically to your body and feel what happens, what it gives you. Take time there. 
And if you can, let sound come out with your tears or if there's a certain kind of crying or wailing that wants to happen, allow that to happen or imagine it happening if you don't want to do it out loud and let breath come out or even a little bit of sound come out of your mouth. And with this is another tip with grief is see if you can get support from a healer, a therapist, a coach, a lover, a friend, someone you trust. Share your grief. Reach out and let it be there. And you may want to choose or discern who is the best person that will not try to change it or talk you out of it. Or you can even let someone know, I just would like you to hold my hand or I would just like you to listen and not try to not say anything about it or not try to rationalize it. Can you do that for me? Can you just be with me for a little bit while I feel this and while I share this with you? That can go a long way. And a third tool with grief is to connect with what you felt or what you feel you lost. If that's a part of what's happening for you. A lot of times when we lose a person, we um, lose a person to death or separation or an ending of a relationship even, or when we lose something that we loved or some part of our even daily structure or routine that changes, there may be grief there. And we may have felt we lost something. So what did you lose? Connect with what you lost and honor it. And honoring it might be just what we did in step one. In um, tip one is just being with it. Seeing what it needs. And it can go as far as creating art or music or dancing to express that feeling of what you lost or what you felt you lost. And with that, I love what shadow work, family constellations, and spiritual work have brought me, is that what you feel you've lost, you can actually connect in with and fortify in yourself and know that you have it in you and carry it with you. So integrate the thing that you felt you lost so that you actually have it with you and that you haven't lost it. Let me speak to this a little more clearly. So if you feel like you lost a family member to death, let's say, or somebody, an animal, that you lost them, connect with the feeling that they bring you when you are with them or when you feel their love for you or when you feel the parts you enjoy the most. You can bring yourself back to those moments even, those memories. Picture them and let it wash through your body what you feel. And there may be grief coming with that. There may be other feelings coming with that, but feel the core of what it feels like to be with them that you love so much or that you miss. And when you feel it in your body, what it feels like that they give this to you or enlighten this in you, illuminate it in you. Track how your body feels. Where are you feeling that? Where does it take root? And what is felt inside? Just breathe in to fortify the feeling of that and then see if you can imagine that person stepping back a bit and then back farther, and then eventually dissolving while still feeling this feeling in your body. So in a way, you're incorporating it into your own energy system. And you can also mentally do that by asking yourself, 
in what ways am I already this? In what ways, you know, if this person brings me a feeling that I'm beautiful, in what ways can I honor and recognize that I already am beautiful with or without them? And I just get this heightened feeling around them. How do you claim that that is you and that energy you can have and you can be and you can bring that with you? And another way to do a piece of this or something similar is to look at that person or that being or that situation, especially if it's a person or animal, if you felt like you lost them or they died or there's separation. You can find the words that fit for you, but is there a place to say, you live through me, or I take you with me in my heart? Or when people see me, they will see you in my eyes or in my heart. Because you're integrating that person into you, that, that being. And it doesn't happen immediately, but when you follow the flow of the emotions that come, if your capacities are opened up, the channels of your energy are opened up, you can begin to integrate it. And a fourth tip here is to talk to that person or situation that you feel like you've lost. Talk to them. Imagine them right in front of you. Feel their presence, just like we did in the last one. Have a conversation and let them speak back to you. If there are any emotions that you need to express to them, do that. Things left unsaid. If there's anything you wish to hear from them, even if they wouldn't have said it in their human form, if it's a person, or if it's a dog or an animal, let them say it in their energetic way or maybe in words. Let them say it to you and receive it. This is where you can let your imaginal space provide you so much healing. And it's important to follow all the feelings that come up and take breaks, as I said before. But talk to them. Let them be a part of your daily life. Show them your life. So if it's a death of a person that you really wish were here, let them know you miss them. But then show them your life now. Introduce them to the new things that are going on. If it's a young part of you that you're working with grief, that they're feeling grief for the way things were in your life, then bring that young part of you to the now with your imagination and let them be in your now world and experience what's different. Experience something safer, perhaps. You are an adult now with lots of different capacities. Assuming you're an adult, you might be a teenager listening to this or someone younger. But... But use your ability to imagine, pretend, or visualize and create. And a fifth tool that is similar to that is voice dialogue. It is to step into the energy of the thing or person or situation you are grieving, the energy that you are grieving. Maybe even the part of you that is grieving, if it's a, a different part of you. And talk to your present day self from the place of that being. So when I lost my grandma on my mom's side, uh, it was only about a year, no, almost two years ago now. I did an episode on the podcast about it. You can find it at CandiceWu.com slash Honoring Grandma. One of the most helpful things for me was to step into her energy, look back at myself. So imagine that I'm my grandma looking back at me and having a conversation with me. Don't worry about acting. It's not acting. It's, or don't worry that you're not going to feel anything or be able to know what to say. It's not about that at all. It's just letting it come through. 
And if there's something there, there's something there. You might feel it in your body. You might feel the presence of this person differently than from where you stand normally. And it's beautiful to connect with any messages that they have for you, how they feel towards you. If there is anything they want to share with you, what they wish for you. And to just let the love of that person or being come through to you and get clearer to you. The sixth thing you can do, and this is not in any order, they're just different tools, is to look at the things that you wish for that didn't get to happen with this person or this situation. So whether that's someone who died, whether that's a relationship that ended or changed, or a young self, or a past self, or even someone in your lineage that you're working with grief around, connect up with the longing, the wishes, the things that you wanted or that you want to happen that didn't get to. And play them out again in your imaginal space. Play them out mentally if you can picture it great. If you can't, think about it that makes any sense however you can access the things you wish for to let them play out in that imaginal space and feel that they're happening in your body let the emotions be felt through let the energy of it move through or live in your body so for example if you're um, if a friend died and you didn't get to do that trip that you always do every year and you had it planned or they didn't get to see the next phase of your life important things in your life let them see it now and so part of it is imaginal and part of it you could say is spiritual that they can exist in your life now through you in you and they can be part of your life now you can play out the things that you didn't get to do you can feel the things you didn't get to feel right now and do them with all the wishes you had when you say oh i wish there were more time together what is it that you wish to do together or to f- experience together? Let that heal you. Let that fill your heart. Let the grief move. Let any feelings come up. If you have regrets, I definitely did this with my great grandma, the things I regretted not doing. And just go back and imagine that you did do them you are doing them play out the scene and imagine what you wish would have happened out of that experience not what you think would have happened even though that might come or if that's helpful to think what would happen what would have happened go for it but if it's not a pleasant feeling imagine what you wish would have happened as the outcome a lot of people think this is the thought they have is, oh, this is just playing into my fantasies and is not reality. Who's to say it's not reality that your feelings get to change about it? And there is a component, like this is not the reality that got to happen in a concrete form. Yes. But you aren't playing to your fantasy world in a bad way by picturing this because you're doing it with awareness you're doing it with awareness that it didn't really happen at least as far as you know in this concrete world concrete experience it didn't really happen but you get to imagine that it did for the purpose of your own healing and your fullness and your capacity your relationship that continues on with this person or being And maybe 
this relationship you don't want to continue on. Maybe it's an ending that you're glad for in in so many ways. Let that be here too. Let that be felt too. If there are things that you needed to say that are unpleasant, that need to be expressed, you get to do that in your imaginal space too and then let your whole being feel it so that it's embodied. So it's a chance to resolve or integrate anything that didn't get to, whether it's something you wished for that's pleasant or unpleasant. And the last few tips here are just um, more basic or um, easy to explain. And uh, one that I've already mentioned, which is pendulation, which is go back and forth, take breaks, feel into the feelings, come out, do something else. Let yourself feel something pleasant. Don't push yourself farther than your capacity. And if you aren't sure where your capacity is, that's something to develop as well. And that episode on overwhelm can support you with that a little bit. Pendulation. So pleasant to unpleasant. Back to pleasant. So that your body is reminded of safety and good feelings. Because that's ultimately what you want to feel too. Not just the challenging stuff, but the joy and the beauty of life. And with that is to take breaks for self-care. This whole conversation on grief, to me, is about self-love. And self-care feels like a different flavor to me, which includes more of the basic care of the body, the basic needs, making sure you have good food and maybe foods that really warm you, taking a bath if you want it, having some tea, having comfy blankets and pillows, giving your body comfort and support in whatever it needs. And then whatever ways you you have a self-care routine, whether that's doing yoga, meditation, things that support your body and feeling grounded and balanced. Another tip with grief is to write a letter to the person or the thing or write directly to who you're grieving or to someone else to share what is going on. And you may never send this letter. You may not be able to if it's someone who died. But at least you can express it in a way that feels personal to you and it can be private. So that's all I have for you today. It's quite a bit because each of these can be a whole process. It can take a lifetime to move through grief. I don't think it has to if you have the right support and if you're desiring that support and you have that commitment to yourself. But sometimes it does. Sometimes the grief is so big that it's layer upon layer. And maybe that's why people say it never ends. But I think different pieces of it can conclude or complete and integrate. My life, I came into with so much grief from my lineage. And then the baby that would have come right after me when I was probably around one year old, would have been someone that I, in my soul, could feel we would have been so close. And I didn't know for so long that had a deep, incredible impact on my whole being, and that I carried this grief from, from the beginning with me all the rest of my life. And when I finally did a constellation that um, illuminated this for me, it was devastating, but it was so powerful. I actually talk about that in my first constellations episode. And it's episode five. It's at candicewu.com slash EP5. So that just created a lens through which uh, was a baseline of grief and loss for me that I just didn't even know forever and it discovered it much later. So there can be hidden griefs, hidden 
pieces of loss, especially silenced ones through the ancestry or really devastating experiences of the past life or young life or the collective. I hope this is helpful for you. And I hope it's also empowering for you to find and use these tools. And remember that you may not, it depends on where you're at and how your connection with your inner self is and um, the capacity of your nervous system, that these tools may not come easily to you. And uh, if you want them to, I would suggest, I would highly recommend getting support so that they can come easier to you and be kind of part of your second nature or different tools that you have to move things through and to feel more at ease in yourself and more connected with your joy and beauty. But to truly be gentle with yourself if it's not easy because we aren't taught these things and they are things that we need to learn. In fact, we are taught the opposite in most cases. We are taught not to feel. We are taught to survive and we are taught to conditioned to rationalize and all that's part of what may have worked at one time and just may not be working anymore so gentleness tenderness these can be really big feelings that are wanting to be seen and treasured and we may have a lot of resistance or suffering around it so Hope these can help a bit, and if you're needing that support, feel free to reach out if you feel called to work with me. I do a 20-minute free consultation to see if it's a right fit and if it feels good. And it can be so helpful to have someone moment-to-moment -moment with you working with exactly what you're bringing in an intuitive way so that it clicks with you. That's how I work with people. and. It is a beautiful dance. So you can connect up with me at my website, candacewu.com slash connect. If you made it all the way to this point, wow, thank you so much for listening. I'm so appreciative of all of you that even touch in or share the podcast or an episode that helps people. And um, I'm grateful for your questions, your reactions, whether it's on the comment section on YouTube below this or... Um, on social media or in an email it's wonderful to hear from you you can give a little support if you want to the podcast each episode costs something to produce more than most people think and um, your contributions really support it to continue to thrive and live on so if you want to give a one-time contribution you can send me a venmo at candice.com dash woo dash two and just make a note that is for the podcast or you can go to my website candicewoo.com slash support for other ways you can contribute really believe that until we know our grief we don't know ourselves so if you have courageously taken the step the step of desiring to look desiring to meet yourself even if it's painful congratulations see you next time on the embody podcast